Fellas, say goodbye to Chuck Sherman the boy. I am now a man. I highly recommend you join the club. We are doing the wild thing all night. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Sherman. Sherman, I could build this food. Is that all you gonna eat? General Sherman realized and understood the importance of house music. So, do you know anything about techno? No. Listen. Yeah, you know. Yo, yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherm in the Booth. I'm, of course, your host, Sherm. Today is Wednesday, November 27th, 2019. This is episode 91091 of Sherm in the Booth. We're getting closer and closer to 100, but there's no time to slow down now. I am so excited about this episode's featured guest. He is a DJ producer that's going worldwide, and his name is Gianni Blue. Gianni Blue, ladies and gentlemen, I don't care how you got to remember this name. Get a tattoo on your forehead, make it your computer background, put it in your damn Rolodex if that's what you got. He is on fire right now and is only picking up more steam. He's fresh off a set at EDC Orlando. He smashed the Corona Electric Beach States. He's getting his tracks played by likes of Diplo. He's at releases on Spinning Records, and this is only the beginning for Gianni. But let me tell you, I loved getting into the weeds of his whole story story he'll tell you it best himself that success does not happen overnight it's incredible to talk about his story his upbringing his musical influences what he's up to in the studio these days and of course his goals for the future now remember if you guys are listening on spotify itunes podcast or soundcloud make sure to go check this out on youtube search sherm in the booth you can see how beautiful gianni blue is he is an incredible guy and i'm so thankful that he made time to come on the show so without further ado guys let's get into it right now episode 91 with the homie gianni blue hell yeah well here we are episode 91 i got the main man who's fucking hot right now I'm gonna go ahead and say probably the hottest upcoming DJ in Chicago. I mean, you passed upcoming to me, but I'm here with Gianni. I appreciate Blue. that, my brother. I appreciate that, dude. Got a salute for that one. Congratulations to you on all your success that you've had. I mean, especially recently. Let's just kick it off. EDC Orlando. What a crowd! I just got back today, by the way. Just got back today. today. Landed at 10 a.m. Yeah, I, I took a nap. I said, no matter what, I'm coming to see my boy Sherm today. <laughs> it was on the calendar. All right. I said, we're going. I love that, man. And it's so humbling that you know you followed me and gave me a shout out after the winning woo episode. It means a lot, man. Because like we were just talking about before we went on air, you do this shit for so long without anybody really even saying anything, and you're like, you, it's easy to doubt yourself. It's easy oh, to want to stop. And you know, like, there, there's this stigma, and I'm not going to say it's in Chicago. Yeah. But there's this stigma between people who can't reach a certain level where they feel like they can't show love to Yeah, people. right? And you know, like, you need so to show true. love to get love. Yeah. And you can't get jealous of anybody's success or anybody who's doing better or worse than you. You just got to yeah. be like, look, I, I like what you're doing. Right. I want to support it. If you want to do the same, I appreciate it. But people who don't want to share other people's stuff just because they get in their emotions about their own materials, like, right. come on now, grow up, man. And you'll always be limited because of that. And it, we're so comfortable with who we are and what we're trying to do. That's, I don't know, for lack of a better term, sometimes intimidating for people. It is. It is. Because right? people are still not comfortable in their own skin. Yeah. And that's a big thing. Being able to express myself through this podcast and through the music I make and my DJ sets, I mean, I see you do it, man. You wear your heart in your sleeve. Man, I try to, man. I try to. I feel to. like it's your upbringing, though. Like, Could be a little bit. It could yeah. Because people always say I'm a little more extrovert normally, but I would say it's my upbringing, you know? Yeah. Being Italian, having, you know, family in the Caribbean, Haitian, we're naturally yeah. more extrovert, more, you know, yeah. outgoing with yeah, yeah, yeah. fashion or language or right. whatever it is. So, you know, of course. I'm naturally, I would say, you know, wear my heart on my sleeve. I have a yeah. natural confidence with everything I try and do, you know? Yeah, of course, man. I mean, I've been following you actually. <sighs> Honestly, I'm a big fan. I've been following you for like three or four years. You remember when we met? Because when I went to DM you, I saw a message from two years earlier. Yeah! We met at home. That's awesome. It was, it was social 25. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Like random I, as hell. I was with my boy Flynn. Shout out Flanino. And I go, dude, that's Johnny Blue right there. He goes, we got to introduce ourselves. I go, we got to introduce ourselves. And you were so humble and so cool, man. Man, bro. I think we should took a shot at tequila. Uh, we did. We did. <laughs> we did. And then it's funny because that was the, the one DM you sent me. I said, what's up, bro? Great meeting you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I DM you next. I'm like, yo, I just right. heard you interview my boys winning Woo. Yeah. I'm like, let's do it. Let's, let's set some up. I love that, man. That's how it's supposed to be. It doesn't always go like that, but I wish it did more often. You know, that's why sometimes timing is just... Everything. You can't fight it. You know, when the, right. when the energy connects, mm -hmm. it just, it connects right away. I love it, man. I love your energy. And ever since I saw you DJ for the first time, I think you were supporting somebody at the mid, RIP. Um, first club, 
me tell you a story. Yeah. First club I ever snuck into in the world with a fake ID. First club, 18 years old. Yeah. Fake Florida ID. It was for a show with Bondax. Nice. And funny how life goes around two, three years later, I ended up playing with them and yeah. chilling with them for hours. Nice. But first show I ever snuck into was Bondax, and that first club I ever played was the mid. Wow. So rest in peace to the mid. Yeah, man. You played there a lot, though. Oh, I played there a lot. Like, at least 20, 30 times. 20, 30 times at the mid. Yeah, yeah. Is that one of your favorite venues you've ever played at? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there was the sound was incredible. Oh, man. The energy was always super, it super got, high. It got better, like, when all the management changed and everything. That's I've a had, fact. I had Thigh over and then Mike Lang, and, dude, it just was like, just this raw, welcoming experience there, just the talent they would have. And I think it would have still been open, but that neighborhood just, you know. Oh, 100%. It got an influx of money and construction. Yeah. I mean, they're putting, like, a 70-floor building there now, so. Seriously. It's not going to compete with a two-floor club. And, like, a Rascal Flats restaurant. You know what I mean? It's not It's not going to compete. That's the hottest neighborhood in Chicago right now. It is. the West Loop. Yeah. Randolph Street area. I mean, listen, they bought. They got bought out, and this Radius project is going down. Now. You've I'm seen excited this? to see where it is. I'm not 100% sure exactly it. You know more about it than me, maybe? maybe. It's like it's going to be a club venue. I don't know. That's the thing. They, they've made they haven't it very, really said it yet. Very, like, you know, what is this? But it looks great. dope. It looks I mean, dope. I follow them on Instagram. It looks yeah, dope. Me too. You're going to be playing there. You're no, just sly. Look at you. You're probably you know, fucking, gonna, you're the headliner for opening night. Come on, we're going to make it happen. <laughs> got to. <laughs> My God. Anyway, so how was EDC Orlando, man? Man, it was a. Man, it was a. It was one of those things where it's like you work all those years to like have that one day where you're like, okay. This is what I did all this bullshit for, and Del, sorry for swearing. Go through That's all okay. Those, I worked hard for the explicity. You know what I mean? Go go all those years through the ups and downs, yep. and the, you know, the, the slight depression, and the, is this yeah. going to be real? Yeah. You have one day like that, you see three, four thousand people in the crowd, just... What was your set time? Four to five. That's prime. A, and four to five, it was sunsetting when I finished my set. Oh. So if you look at some of the content, it's like that golden, yeah. that golden light. I mean, yeah. it was magical, man. That crowd was huge. It was magical, man. When really? I did, I did, so let me tell you. Yeah. I went out there, I was thinking, what can I do for this set to not only stand apart from everybody else, mm -hmm. but to leave an impact? Yeah. So I had this idea, right? Mm -hmm. And I had this idea, I was looking at different performers, right? Like, you, right. you have the major layers of who runs into the crowd. Yeah. Can't, can't do that yet because you need right. more production. You have the mm -hmm. Steve Aoki who throws cake. Right. But I'm like, let me find something more unique for myself to do. I said, look. How about I throw some money into the crowd? <laughs> Let me find something a little different. Yeah. But I had this idea, so I had a couple girls sit with me, and we were like, okay, we're going to write at Gianni Blue. Oh. $500 bills. All right. Front and back. So right there's a little effort. Took two, three hours to get done. Yeah, shit. So anyways, so I go into the, to the set. Yeah. I have two segments where I throw 250 at one point, 250 at one point. Mm. Throw the money into the crowd. I'm like, I'm going to get all these followers. I'm mm. going to maximize this set. People are never going to forget this because they're going to be like, yo, it's this money. dude was throwing money it's in the crowd. Money. They're going to take it. He was throwing money in the crowd. Yeah. And I'm like, look at this. It's not only going to be the people who grab the money who are going to add me. Yep. That money's going to have to be buy a drink. Oh, my God. Buy a t-shirt. And then that person's going to be like, at Gianni Blue. <laughs> and then that guy's going to give it to somebody else, at Gianni Blue. Yo, in that one weekend, I went up like 12, 1,300 followers. No shit. Best marketing idea ever. This is copyrighted by me. Yeah, copyrighted. yeah. Copyrighted. Copyrighted. All you out there, no. For real. But it was like, genius idea, man. Wow. You should have seen the hype, right? You seen when I started... People I thought were, you were throwing money. People were going crazy. But I'm like, I'm going to put at Gianni Blue on every dollar bill. Wow. So it really... It really means something then, right? And that's no fake followers, man. That's people that feel connected to you man. from that experience. And then kind of like, a, that's not a business card. You know, you know, it's like the business it's card. It's not something like, like oh, my people are like, oh, this dude was throwing money. Yeah, you'll remember the whole weekend. You probably saw maybe big, you know, you saw way bigger DJs. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You never gonna forget this dude was throwing money in the crowd. Dude, that's something special. You know, I did not know you did. And that, that was only like, yeah, you can see it on the. I on saw the, the money, on, but on I didn't know you had Gianni Blue on. Oh there. yeah, no, yeah, you can't see that. Yeah, that's genius. And though. then I got you know. The next two three days, everybody's like reposting when they get home. Oh. I found you or whatever. And yeah. I'm reposting all this. Wow. All these dollar bills. Holy shit. But it's just you know it's just something to be different. Yeah. Just something to find a way to make an impression, right? Because you're on a stage like that where you're dealing with all A level artists, where all all the sets are hot, right? All the sets to a certain degree it's are fact. hot. Right. But what are you gonna do to make a an impression? Yeah. That when you leave that weekend. Yeah. On Wednesday that next week they're thinking, okay, that was hot. How you see differentiate yourself? Exactly. You make people remember. And I've tried to always find different ways to do that, but I'm like, I have this is my biggest stage. I've played that thus far. Let me do something that's gonna differentiate everything. Holy shit! Wow. Props to you on that. That's genius marketing. And I thought about a bunch of different things, but when I, when that one came across my mind, I'm like, that's the one. Yeah. I mean, that's it seemed one. like the crowd was connected with you, though. I, all the videos, all the tracks you played, 
bangers, you know. Obviously shared your music too. No, I played five, six of mine. Yeah. But you know, when I so I have this thing, right? It's like so my brand is more like a deep house future house. Right. I have my commercial pop stuff because naturally I love to make pop more music. Mm-hmm. But when I DJ, I DJ hard. Yeah. Especially at like a festival, high energy closing Got set. To. You know, I'm playing hard, I'm not playing soft. Yeah. Because naturally like my energy is like if you see it in the way I play, like I'm like Oh, you're all up in it. Like I I tell people this a lot of time and it's hundred percent true. I'll be sober when I play, but I almost black out when I play <laughs> yeah. because the adrenaline rush yeah. is so high. Yeah. The adrenaline's so high. I'm doing. I'm here. I'm running up to the crowd, coming back, switching the track quick. Yeah. You know, I'm everywhere. God. But it's like you feel it. I man, I, I feel it in my. You know, and you keep chasing that feeling. Like toes, you got that. Oh, You're like now. What's next? Got to. I still. I kind of feel the energy off you right now. Got to, man. Got to. I this is the something. thing I love the most in the world, man. Yeah. This is nothing I like to talk about more. Nothing I believe in more. And the things you love. You know. Well, let's get started with the story up until that moment. I'm here. Tell me. So you were born in Chicago. You told me before. Born in Chicago. Downtown Chicago. Downtown Chicago. Not suburb Chicago. Just have to clear that. Thank you. Downtown Chicago. I appreciate that. Five minutes from where we are right now. We can't disclose the location. (laughs) But we'll put it like this. I can see the Sears Tower. Yeah. I can see the Sears Tower. So we in the downtown area. Yes. Okay. We're not too far from your original home. We're not too far. So you're a Chicago guy, but you've got roots from all over, man. You said Venezuelan? And so Haitian it, and Italian? Both my parents' family were born in Italy. Okay. My mom's family migrated from Italy to Haiti okay. during the war. Okay. She grew up in Haiti, so I speak Creole and French. Wow. My dad's family grew up in Italy, mm-hmm. moved to Venezuela. He grew up in Venezuela. They both were first immigrants, and they moved to Miami. Wow. And that's where they met each other, and eventually moved to Chicago. So I'm the firstborn of my family in the U.S. You got brothers and sisters, too? I do. I have a younger sister. Wow. How old is she? 17. Okay. And she's talented as hell. Music yeah? Also. Oh, yeah. shit. You gonna collab with her? Yeah, we got. We've actually done. So I have a song, "All I Want to Do." Uh-huh. The first song I signed was "Spinning." Yeah. On the drop, that's her voice that I vocal. Oh, chopped. really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Ah, it runs in the family. You know. Hell yeah. Well, when did uh, music get introduced in your life? Even before electronic music. No, it, it, it wasn't electronic music at first. So yeah. I started. I was eight or seven or eight years old. My mom put me in Suzuki violin. Nice. So all my Hell music, yeah. all my music knowledge and music you know learning keys and notes and understanding music mm-hmm. came from the violin wow so i did that for about 6 or 7 years mm-hmm. and then when i was in middle school i started playing percussion i started playing drums mm-hmm. so right there i had i had the the music theory i had the percussion when i was in high school i joined my concert choir wow. and i started singing and learning about you know the voice and vocals as a whole so I, all this was little stepping stones to learning every aspect of what I would end up doing, which right. was being a producer. Right. Because on some of my songs, like Secret Lover, that's, that's my vocals on it. Yeah. Mixed with my boy D. Lyles. On some other vocals, it's, it's all me. On some vocals, it's multiple other people. But I everything has... I thought it definitely you were bringing your vocals. Oh, yeah. Like my song, All I Want to Do. I had yeah. one night. I'll give you just an example. Right? Yeah. I, was, I made the beat in like 10 minutes. The sketch of the beat, you know? Sure. Just the skeleton. The gotcha. skeleton, right? Yeah. And then... You know, it's late at night, I'm drinking a little wine. I just start I start freestyling. Because yeah. I grew up on, and we'll go back to this, I yeah. grew up on the hip-hop in Chicago. Right. So I, I, at first I was also rapping. So that helped me to learn how to kind of just get ideas out very fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how I approach music. I approach music like I can't just sit down with the beat 30 minutes and just listen to write. <laughs> the first idea, I'm just, it has to be right there. Yeah, Within yeah, a yeah. minute, I have to have an idea. Yeah. So I was just freestyling, freestyling ideas, and the whole hook I had down in like two, three minutes. And I'm like, yo, this is special, this one. Oh, don't you love when that happens? Yeah, and then, you know, of course, then it takes, you know, another 30 hours to develop the whole song, get the vocals tuned perfectly. Yeah, of The course. beat. But the initial idea, which is the most important creation part of it, right. was in minutes. Wow. So when did you actually start producing, or did you DJ first? No, it was always pr- producing first. So uh, now let's go back now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll go back. <laughs> Around 13 years old, yeah. yeah, 12 or 13, Yeah. I had gotten GarageBand. Okay. And then we had gone to the Apple Store one year. And this is when music equipment was new, so it was super expensive. We had bought like a four five hundred dollar it was for Christmas gift, an M right. Audio keyboard yeah, yeah, yeah. and GarageBand, both headphones. Oh man. And I remember the first night I got it, I, I made a track in GarageBand mm-hmm. with just the samples with everything. Yep. Played it for my mom. She's like, You just made that? No way. I'm like, Yeah, no, I just made all this. So th- so I had this love for like a year or so from twelve to thirteen. Yeah. But then I kinda put the toys aside. Right. Because I, I was It's hard to know I, what I was, you want to do. I was do playing it. soccer though from five to fifteen, like right. religiously. Five days a week, travel soccer. Traveling on planes, forward, left wing. Oh, of course, left footed. Score. You know. Yes, baby. Fucking put him in the back of the you net. Know, put him in the back of the yeah. net. That was my thing. I wasn't the fastest sprinter, but like my leg was like the accuracy thing. Oh, all right. You know, I mean, everybody had their thing. For sure. So, I put it down for a couple years, but then I came back to it around when kind of hip hop was popping up around, let's say, the Soldier Boy area. Era. Mm-hmm. Yep. I found FL Studio, mm-hmm. which I hate when people call it Fruity Loops. 
And it's called Fruity Loops also. Yeah. The number one production software that makes the most hits worldwide, by the way. That's true. So I found, F- I found FL Studio around 15. Because mm-hmm. at first I was using GarageBand and Logic. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't find my, my workflow with those. It's tough. It was almost too clean. Yeah. FL Studio came, like, the room is messy. Yeah. But you know instantaneously that like, you can go get the... The shoes over there, the wallet's here. Right. You don't have to go see which drawer you moved it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you get the analogy. Yeah, absolutely. So I found FL Studio, and I started looking at... I, I learned music on YouTube, mm-hmm. how to produce on YouTube. YouTube University. YouTube University. Yeah, baby. So I was just watching YouTube videos, and I started learning how to do FL Studio. And that's where I felt like, okay, this can be something. Mm-hmm. And like at first, you know, I made like two, three, four hundred beats within a year or two years, you know? <laughs> I'm 15, 16 at the time, you yeah. know, man? You know, it's... It's crappy beats, but like you're getting somewhere. You're having fun. I'm learning. I'm learning how to make the song. I'm Are you doing this with anybody, or is this all no, on your own? No, it's really all on my own. Wow. All on my own. Yeah. So 15, 16, you know, I'm learning music. I'm still doing concert choir and whatever, right. and I'm putting some tracks out, some rap tracks, some hip hop beats out. And, you know, they get a little, you know, throughout my high school, people are seeing and people are listening. Right. But then around, I keep progressing a little bit. At 18, I get accepted to Marquette University in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And this time too, it's like I'm following. You know, I got good grades. I'm following education, right. my family proud, you know, yeah. whatever, whatever. And okay, I go to business school. While I'm in Milwaukee is when the whole real addiction and love really, it locks in. Yeah. Every night I'm in the dorm room, headphones in, <laughs> making beats. And now I'm at this point, I'm like on the, let's say 500 to 1,000 beat. So now it's like the, the songs are starting to like yeah. have good melodies, sound quality is getting better. Are you formulating what is now the Gianni Blue sound? Or no, was it kind of all over the place? No, it was all over the place still. Okay. And it's still but to getting me, better. It's getting better. I, right. I feel like I have that, yeah, it's getting better. Right. So I'm making beats, I'm making beats. And then this is around the, the Chief Keef era of Chicago, 2012, 2013. Can't spell silver. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, this is shit I don't like. Yeah. So <laughs> I started getting in touch with a lot of these people in the industry. Yeah. And I'm the youngest looking guy in there, you know. You know, I'm, I'm around some gangsters. I'm around a lot of different personas. And <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm telling these guys, no, re rap that, put this ad lib like this, do this. Yeah. So, you know, I had the confidence early on to be put in these situations where I don't think a lot of people would we feel comfortable. Right. But growing, growing up in Chicago, you know, yeah. I went to, you know, I went to Whitney Young Public School. Mm-hmm. I was around so many different people and growing up, yeah, you know, yeah. Italian, Haitian. Right. I'm, I'm good with all ethnicities and all cultures. Well Naturally, said, absolutely. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I pride myself in that, you know. Yeah. And that's why I pride myself of growing up downtown Chicago because I grew up with blacks, Asians, Latinos, right. ev- everybody. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm now I'm making hip hop beats, mm. and then I my first big. First Gianni Blue big song is called Crazy. Mm-hmm. It's with King Louie, Lil Bibby, and my boy EMP. That's what we just listened to. Yeah. You know, King Louie was working with Kanye West, Grammy Award winning writer. Lil Bibby signed Juice World. Lil Bibby's not even rapping no more. He got millions of hit songs with yeah. Nicki Minaj. Um, what happened Nicki Minaj, Juice World. He just became a CEO. He signed Juice World. You don't got to really do much That's after true, that. Yeah. Juice World, top 10 streaming artists last year. That's true. You don't got to do too much. Right, right, right. So, and I shot the music video, and that was like the first song people were like, whoa, okay, Johnny's doing something serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, got two, three hundred thousand plays. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what's funny, even to this day, where I'm 10, 20 times bigger as a brand now, yeah, yeah, yeah. when that song came out for those five, six months, I would go everywhere in Chicago. They'd be like, Johnny Blue, Johnny Blue. To show you how we were talking before this interview, how more visual the hip hop sound yeah. and the hip hop branding is. Everywhere I would go, people would be like, yo, Johnny Blue, I seen that crazy video. Whatever, oh. whatever, let's get in the studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. hip hop so visual. Right. People heard people heard that song on YouTube. They watched it. It was your face and your music. Exactly. Tied exactly. in together. Whereas now, dance music, we were talking earlier. Yeah. We, you know, we'll come back to this a little later. Right, right, right. Dance music is so much more the beat and the streaming. Right. So, I had that song crazy. Mm-hmm. I did a couple more records with Sasha Go Hard, mm-hmm. Katie Got Bands, all big Chicago hip hop names at this yeah. time. Yeah, These girls are signing deals. These guys are signing deals, you know? Yeah, yeah. They're getting on. Right. So I put a bunch of these hip hop records out. I did a song with Frenchie, um, Walker Flocka's cousin, who was signed with Gucci Mane. I oh mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. A bunch of shit. A bunch of hip hop artists, man. Right. But this wasn't the full Gianni Blue sound yet. Yeah. I had just fallen into this kind of this bubble, and I loved it. Right. And I still make hip hop beats all the time. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I'm gonna come back to this hip hop sound when I build the Gianni Blue dance sound. To then merge it almost on that Diplo type of okay. level, where I can right. make the pop dance, but then bring in the hip hop elements. Were you making? house music or you know kind I of... had started to okay excuse me I had started to what was going inside you creatively then at that point you were making the rap beats were you getting sick of it or you wanted to explore different avenues I just felt like so I always bro I had always wanted to be this DJ yeah that was always the dream yeah to DJ you had to produce right and I knew with the hip-hop sound and 
me deal, doing business with just the hip hop business, mm-hmm. it was something that wasn't friendly. Yeah. It was something that you would have to really, it was very hard to become successful in that. Yeah. I saw it early on. Right. And you can ask anybody who's really in the industry, even on the high end level, the business is not done super professionally. It's just really not. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to come back to this when the time is right. Okay. Right? Right. And I'm like, but at this time, I'm still making house music. Right. I'm still making these house music. Yeah. So I'm like, let me kind of, you know, turn the gear slowly mm-hmm. and start dropping some of these house records. Right. So I start dropping a couple of them. And then they start, you know, it's like it's like rebranding at an early age, 18, yeah. 19, like yeah. 20 years old, rebranding. So I'm dropping a hip hop record and I'm dropping two or three house records. And are you in Chicago at this point I'm, so I'm about to be back in Chicago. About to be back I'm in Chicago. So let me hit you with this. Right. So I'm, I'm about 20 years old. It's a Saturday. I'm taking my mom to a wedding mm-hmm. for my godmother, mm-hmm. who just died, actually. Oh, Rest in peace. Yeah, yeah, right. Sweet Vaughn. I loved him more than anything. Yeah. But it was a wedding for one of her, her, her nieces and nephews. Mm-hmm. So it was a Saturday afternoon. It was raining super hard in Chicago. I had dropped my mom. And I said, I'll come pick you up later at night, 9, 10 p.m. So I'm driving lower Wacker. Rain is crazy. Torrential rain. My car hydroplanes. I go into a wall, crazy accident. Shit. People don't know how I actually walked away so easily. No, I mean, I tore a ligament kind of in my side, but overall it was okay, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that moment, I don't know what happened. The next two days I started looking at, okay, I got to change my life. I want to do music full time. Wow. And then this was like the last week of the cutoff to transfer for the spring semester at Columbia. Mm-hmm. Like it was like the Thanksgiving week, the week before Thanksgiving. Funny right. enough, it's like around this time yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. And then I send all my application stuff in, boom, send music, send art, whatever. Boom, I get accepted. I'm like, okay, we're transferring for the spring. All right. I can't remember the year. It might have been 2013 or 2014. Mm-hmm. One of those two. And then this was like the, the pivotal moment. I said, look, if I'm going to really do this, I got to go full in. 100%. I can't half-ass this. Yep. I got to learn the business. I got to learn how I can make this into something that I can be in it for 10, 20, whatever, how many years. Yeah. So, boom. I applied. Got accepted. That spring, I, I moved back to Chicago. And I was like 21, 2021. 20, I don't think 21 yet. Right. 20 years old. That's insane. Yeah. You had that experience at that moment, at that time. I tell life. you, within two days, within two days, I figured everything out. And it was days before the cutoff. Who knows if it would have happened otherwise? Because if you had to do another semester, yeah. whatever, whatever, right? God. I mean, what, what an incredible timeline there. It's crazy. And you're back in Chicago. One of the things I believe the most about everything is everything's meant to be. Yeah. You know, like destiny or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever's supposed to happen is going to happen. I agree with that. Everything you know, happens for a reason. The timing, whatever it is, it's like, there's nothing that would have told me that I would have been in a car accident that week mm-hmm. trying to pick up my mom. Right. So go into thinking of switching schools right. a week before the deadline and then get accepted and then boom. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just the magic of the universe. <laughs> you know, you believe it's God, believe it's faith, believe it's, it was just meant to be. That's, right? that's honestly, yeah, for whatever, whatever anyone believes in. Things happen for a reason. I believe it more than anything. I believe that so much. And that's why you just got to go one day at a time, plan ahead, work hard, but know that like everything can change and appreciate yeah, those changes. You got to appreciate day to day also. Yeah, so true. Some, especially in what we do, you know, we're thinking about we got 10 shows, 20 shows on the calendar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you got to also appreciate that night and that moment. Absolutely. And the little things also. Because mm-hmm. you start getting this thing where it's like, okay, Five years ago, I wanted to get this accomplishment. When I got it, I'm already thinking 10 steps ahead now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you got to also take a step back and say, I appreciate this. Because I remember five years before, I couldn't get these shows or I couldn't get the music to these people. And now it's it's like nothing. So you got to also have that appreciation. You know? I, I, and you have to mentally step back sometimes to... I relate with that so much. To, re- to realize that. I uh, I just had my first opportunity at the Concord to open for Sheba Sean Walker Royce. I seen that was dope. I had that moment, man. I was up there and I was like, big stage, big crowd. Damn, bro, this is happening. You know, like yeah. how many times have I been those people like, I wonder what it takes to get there. What, what did they do? I fucking worked really hard and I appreciated that moment and it felt that much more special. You always hear about, you know, people who are elderly or even like, you know, people have been successful and they, they always say, I regret not living in the moment more because it was always, yeah, yeah. this is my job, I'm doing this, on to the next thing, on to the next thing, on to the next thing. Because we all going to get old. We all going to get old. We're all going to not be able to do what we're doing now. Right. That's a fact. Do it now. You know? Damn. So you're in Chicago, things are picking up for you. And then, boom, we're working on house music. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you this story. Yeah. This is the, so, the... The week I'm graduating, so I, in 2015, the summer of 2015, I released my song, Feeling It. Mm-hmm. It's a house record. Mm-hmm. It's cool. It does, it does a good momentum at first. Yeah. Let's say nine, eight, nine months go by. Right. The week I'm graduating college, it's May 2016 now. I remember the date. Mm-hmm. 
I remember I go to church with my mom. Mm-hmm. You know, grew up Catholic. Your mom's a lucky charm. You know, in one way no, or another. Is, uh, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll circle back because yeah, she also yeah. gave me the idea for Right Am I the Wrong, which oh. became my biggest song ever to this day. Okay. But I'll, I'll circle back with that. So <laughs> I go to church with my mom, May 2016, let's say May 10th to 20th, around that day. Yeah. And I, I remember I, I said a prayer. I said, God, if this is really what I'm supposed to do, show me a sign. <laughs> Give me a sign that says I should put everything in. Because now I'm like seven years in. Right. Seven years in, and like, you know, I've had a little, I haven't had nothing like. Show me something yeah, yeah, that yeah. is like it's serious. So this is like on a Monday. Mm-hmm. On Wednesday, I wake up and this is like early Spotify analytics. Yeah. Early. <laughs> like not even they're gonna have a Spotify analytics. So you're, right. you're going to your Spotify page and clicking about. <laughs> I go on the Spotify page and I'm like, I went up forty eight thousand monthly listeners in one night. I'm like, what? <laughs> How? I, and I'm like, okay, I look at the track and I see my song, which was maybe at 50, 60,000 streams. Mm-hmm. Now it's at 250,000 streams. One night. What the fuck? And I click about and I'm like, whoa, it's in the US viral 50. And I, at first I'm like, what is this? So I go look, I'm like, damn, it's the, the most viral songs in the United States right now Shit. by Spotify, right? Yeah. Viral. Yeah. Like, the Mecca. oh my God, I'm starting to make these posts and everything. <laughs> it's like Tuesday. Wake up the next day, go up another 100,000 monthly listeners. Global viral 50. Like, top 50 <laughs> songs in the world. I can't believe this. Holy like, I mean, shit. I, get, I get goosebumps when I tell this story. I'm getting goosebumps, It's like yeah. two, three days of this. Global 50. I'm next to Drake, Red Hot Chili Peppers. You, if you scroll down on my Instagram, yeah. you can see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Day after that, I chart top 50 viral on Billboard. Martin Garrix puts the song in his playlist oh, and his radio Jesus. show. This is Thursday. I can't make this up. The same song, feeling it. You haven't even graduated college. Friday, I graduate college. <laughs> Friday, I graduate college. Fuck. Friday. That's crazy. On Monday, I was asking for a sign to show me that I should dedicate my life to this craft and everything. And it happened like that. That's and crazy. I knew I'm going to just hit this. I'm going to just full, 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 full train ahead. Yeah. Full speed. We're going with this. What was that feeling like in terms of just clarity? Man, it was just showing that, you know, this could really happen. Yeah. That the music that you spent years in the basement right. trying to make the sound sound hot, yeah. it connected with the people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just maybe wasn't the right time. It just wasn't the right time. But eight life, you said nine months the later. The song was out nine months, it had one hundred thousand streams. And you weren't really like doing you were focusing no, on the No, I was thing. done. I was yeah. done promoting that song. Right. I was done. Of course. At that time yeah. I wasn't promoting the songs like I'm promoting now. Yeah. I was done with that song. And then all of a sudden, like I said, woke up. And that week I went up like two hundred thousand monthly listeners. 500,000 streams on one song. I was like, we're going with this. It's incredible. We're going with this. Wow. We're going. And then I graduated and then the, I mean, the year before I had, so I graduated at like 22 and a half, 23. Mm-hmm. But when I turned 21 though, I had been producing and people had already started seeing my name. Right. When I turned 21, instantly I was doing shows though. Right, right, right. Throughout the city, everywhere. Yeah, everywhere, course. everywhere. The mid, I mean everywhere. Sound bar, mm-hmm. vertical sky lounge was like yeah. my first nice. residency. That was nice. my first residency. So I was just, I was hitting it hard, but when feeling it hit it, I'm like, all right, now we can try and do bigger things. So mm-hmm. I did a couple out of state shows, Wisconsin, Minneapolis. Right. That song ended up getting me two shows in Hong Kong. Yeah. That feeling it song, I That's don't know crazy. why. Feeling it got so many streams from Asia. They were like, we want to bring you out here, whatever. Went out there for two shows, wow. came back, and then. On top of the world. Then we just hit the ground, and I said, all right, we got the business down. Yeah. Now let's try and make every track as big or right. bigger than this song. Right, right, right. Because this song happened by luck. But now that we've learned more business, we've learned more marketing, we've learned more strategy, we've, we've got more talent. Yeah. You're always making you're always making better shit. True. You're always every time you make a song, it's, you know. Yeah. You're growing. You're growing. Yeah. You never stop learning. You take certain elements, take what you like, get some feedback, keep making improvements. It's a time thing, right? Producing. It's a time is, thing. It's just a time thing. It's a time. Thing. This whole this whole business is a time thing. It is. You know, I remember I signed a view. Little Wayne said you gotta put a ten thousand hours in, and he said he just he signed a record deal at fourteen years old, it's, but he started rapping at eleven. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> sure. it's just a time thing. When, yeah. you, when you make, let's say, two, three thousand beats, at that point, everything is going to sound pretty damn good. Right. Right? You get to a certain <laughs> point where, you know, yeah. you put a certain amount of effort in every single project that the average now is very high. Right. Right? right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean. It's like the average of when you put tracks out now. It's like I have an expectation now right. just off doing it for 10 years. That right. This track minimally should like reach here, mm-hmm. but the goal is up here. Mm-hmm. But minimally, it's like if we get here or we get here, all right, it's another stepping stone. It's another bridge to just get here. It's just always growing. And then any little contact, you get this person, add it to the Rolodex. You get yeah. this, this label, add it to the Rolodex. Yep. You get this show, add it to the Rolodex. Mm-hmm. And you just continue Stay in to touch, build relationships. 
That's really amazing. Good. I mean, you've charted in over 27 countries, generated well over 15 million streams at this point. That's fucking incredible. I mean, oh, spread you, across tracks like Work It. Can I say personal favorite? Tell me your personal favorite. Work It. Yeah, Woo! Sure. <laughs> that's, that's every DJ's It's on the USB, man. No, it's yeah. every DJ's personal favorite. It, it just, dude, it just, it plays so well with either like bringing the vibe, like, you know, slowing it down or even kind of like picking it up. Yeah, it's, I don't it's, know it's what one of those tracks because one drop is more on the yeah. groove and one tr- drop is more on dude, the... Dude, it's a DJ's track. Do, 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 do. It's like, a, it's a DJ's track. And all I want to do, and these are both on spinning records. Yeah. And I want to come back to that a little bit because that's absolutely incredible, man. I mean, coming up as a DJ, like spinning was like, and, and, and that's another thing where yeah. it's like when you see it as a kid and you get certain signs. Yeah. When I was 16, 17 and dance music really like blew right. up in America. It was spinning, man. Every song I was listening to was had the big S on it. Oh, on the label. 100%. Every song. Every song, every video. I'm like, I'm going to get there one day. I'm like, how the hell did they get there? Yeah. I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. I would go on Facebook. <laughs> I would figure, I would, I would be like a spy trying to find this yeah. emails and contacts. Yeah. But it worked though. I found the contacts and I fed them. It just took years, but then I had years of the music getting ready. So when I fed them to certain songs, right, it fit. A lot of times labels will tell you, "I like what you're doing, just not right now." Keep following up. I like what you're doing, just not right now. But also, you have to understand too. A lot of labels, and it's just a business thing, right? Yeah. They follow trends. So true. That's just a fact, right? Very few labels are gonna take a sound like, let's say, spinning or Armada. Unlikely they're gonna sign a big dubstep song right now. Right. Unless it's like a. A Skrillex song. Yeah, of You course. know what I'm saying? Yeah, with the name. Or like, right or name 2012, 2013. It's very unlikely that these labels are going to sign a Tropical House song. They're right. doing a big room. Right. right. Right? So you have to understand, too, that the business side of it, which I keep trying to reiterate to, yeah. to my, my friends or my family or my fans, mm-hmm. I keep trying to reiterate, learn the business of music mm-hmm. so that your art can be sold. Because you could be a Picasso, mm-hmm. but if you can't sell the painting, it's not worth nothing. You know? I swear. <laughs> I swear. I'm giving you them gems. Yeah, dude. Come giving on, you them baby. gems yeah. today. I'm giving you them gems. Listen, this is for the people, but I'm also taking notes. <laughs> I feel like Joe Rogan on here sometimes, man, because I literally... You got a good voice, though. You I, I learn from experts just like him, you know? Like, I talk to incredible producers and businessmen like yourself, and you guys are literally just saying exactly what you need to do to get to your point. You know, and, right I, and I'm still at the beginning. Like, when I posted this EDC stuff, I said, this is still just the beginning. It's true. Because the vision is still 30x this, 40x this. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, can, you constantly just keep giving yourself resume you know? boosters. And man. as long as you know that you're continuously growing, you're on the right path. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Even if it's a little bit, one inch punches. One inch but punches. But when you get four or five of those one inch punches, now you're six, seven yeah. inches higher. Yeah. You know, you keep going. For sure, man. You For keep sure. going. Um, so you've also released somebody like you. Deep in my soul, off chill your mind, right? Yeah, it's my boy. Shout out my boy, Pavle. Pavle? Yeah. And what is Building Life Uniquely? So, Building Life Uniquely is my label. Okay. It's my LLC. It's my corporation. Okay. And that's where all, all my singles are signed to. Okay. And a lot of people have been reaching out to me to sign songs to Building Life Uniquely. Because it's only you that's released on there, It's right? only been me who's released on there. Right. I've had artists that I've featured who are released on there. Right. And in the next year, I'm going to start releasing other people's songs because a lot of people have been asking me. Absolutely. But I wanted to make sure that I have a good story. I have a good base foundation yeah. so that other people's music will also get a certain minimum of, let's say, streams or exposure. Right. Right. Otherwise, it's not worth it. Yeah. I see a lot of these little YouTube labels now. They're like, sign all your rights away and I'm going to get you 25,000 streams. That's, that's cool if you got four streams or if you can't get more than 1,000 streams. Yeah. But in the real world, that's, it's, that's some bullshit. Yes. Right? It's some bullshit. It doesn't yeah. make sense. So yeah. I want to make sure that when I get my platform to a certain mm-hmm. height, now it makes sense that I can put my friends in the position to right. get their tracks heard and everything. Right. You know, so it's all about taking your light, shining on your people. Absolutely. That's what this whole thing is about. What's the name Building Life Uniquely based upon? Gianni Blue. Yeah, of course. BLU. Yeah. Building Life Uniquely LLC. Boom. That was stupid to me. <laughs> People uh, never know that though. People never know that. But when I hit them with it, they're, like, they're like, oh, oh okay. Uh, yeah, I, I feel it. I feel it. You know what I mean? That's amazing. And it was, just, it was inspired by like good music, like getting out our dreams. Right. And I was like, I always wanted to think of something like, I'm going to make it happen no matter what, mm. no matter what roadblock. Right. And I was like, we're going to make it happen right. our own way, building life uniquely. Ah, shit. That's awesome. That's amazing, man. I mean, across all these genres... Well, I guess all these tracks, you've developed what, to me, is the Gianni Blue genre. Do you feel like you found that sound? So let me ask you after listening, what do you think is the Gianni Blue genre? Dude, it's a crossbreed of a lot of different things. You've definitely got some deep house in there. You've got great melodies. You've got a lot of soul. I feel some disco elements sometimes, but when you were talking to me about growing up with all of these music theory, different instruments, I'm just going to say 
by popular demand, Deep House. Okay. Uh, yeah. It would be. It would if it was just, you know, like, let's just put it in a genre on Beatport. Yeah, if you, got, if you ever go on the Beatport, I'll say Deep, deep slash house. Future House. Yes, Deep slash yeah, Future. 100%, 100%. Well, what do you like making the most? Man. Because you, you have Future, what you comes, have Deep. What comes the easiest for me yeah. is probably the Deep House, Future House. Right. But what a lot of people don't know, too, is I'm writing 95% of all the lyrics on every song also. Really? Really. I'm writing all the beats, and I'm writing the vocals. And a lot of times, I'm the one demoing my own vocals on the track, and I'll have my artists or whatever, my boy D-Lyles, whoever oh, okay. it is, different girls, they'll take it to the next level, right? and then boom. But I'm, I'm in every creative state mm-hmm. of every part of my music. Wow. So this is why this music thing is like, it's in my soul, it's in my heart, it's yeah. in my blood. Yeah. I'm thinking of the idea, I'm writing the song, I'm making the beat, I'm thinking how we're going to sell it, I'm mm-hmm. thinking how we're going to market it, I'm thinking how we're going to get it to the people. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of ideas of shock value, yeah. you know, bringing yeah. influencers and shufflers into the mix or whatever whatever the case may be the business side anything to make the song hot and get more exposure right so it's i'm in every aspect of it yeah for sure without going too deep in the weeds and maybe this is something we'll talk about later i'm very interested in your actual process of music production you said you use fl studio 100 percent. how many midi controllers beat pads all those fancy instruments what do you got when i started making music and i started rapping and recording vocals yeah i did all my vocal work in logic okay so that's stuck with me right Everything vocal related, I do in Logic. Okay. Everything beat related, musical related, I do in FL Studio. Okay. So you're just bouncing the stems straight up from Logic. I'm bouncing the stems, bringing them into here, bringing them to here, and it gets annoying sometimes because then you gotta (laughs) retrace your stuff before mixing and take the effects off and everything. I know my producers know what I'm talking about. Yeah, for sure. But it's just, you know, Logic is vocals. Mm -hmm. That's how I see it. I know how I see it in my brain with that. Okay. And everything music related is in FL Studio. Wow. Got it. And of course, I've dabbled in. Excuse me, Pro Tools and yeah, Ableton. You've heard the saying, everybody's got their toolbox. No, without a doubt. Right. But you know, it's like, once you know your toolbox, t- to the corner, to the T, yeah, you know, the, yeah. how used your tools are in the toolbox, yeah. it's like not the... friendly to go use a random toolbox. <laughs> it's like, use your own fucking My job would have been man. done by the time I even laid the yeah. tools out. Yeah. You know? Damn. I love, and I love what you said about the dirty room, because that's so true. Sometimes the most creative people and have that's a how FL Studio right? is compared yeah. to let's say Logic or Ableton. Ableton oh. is so clean. Ableton is like your apartment right now. It's clean. You know? <laughs> I mean, everything's you. put away. <laughs> everything's clean. You know, yeah. The fork is in drawer left. Yeah. Up to FL Studios, like so the, the girls' house where the, the clothes are just thrown everywhere. everywhere. But she knows where the red dress is. Right. Instantly. She right. No, it it's out. under my bed, right below the picture. Boom. How did you fucking know where you that know was? I mean? Oh, that's where it is. That's, that's where, it's where it is. I keep it. So you know, as long as the end product is the same. Right. We know how we work. Love that. Out of, out of all the millions of plays you've racked, is there a song that sticks out to you the most personally, that means the most to you? All I want to do is one of those. Yeah. Because it was the first song that Simon was spinning. Mm-hmm. And it was a song that I was like, okay, feeling it had its value and mm-hmm. its, its worth because it was like a song that gave me, it could, it could make it happen. Right. But all I want to do was like, okay. You got the validity. Now, now we can play with the big boys. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. Now, with all this great music comes incredible show opportunities. You play a lot of different iconic venues and festivals, including Spring Awakening, Favela Festival in Haiti, which looked fucking insane. Yeah, it, that arguably has been like my biggest slash second biggest crowd show. Was it was that? like two, three thousand, almost yeah. like EDC Orlando. It was. You had a huge played with LED Thomas Gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Played with um Joan Randy, big reggaeton artist, big reggaeton I heard artist. Him, yeah. No, they got a song called Bonita, five, six hundred million streams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, played with. My boy Serrani, Jamaican ah, artist, okay. who I ended up getting becoming real good friends with. Yeah. And we made three, four records together. Oh, he shit. has a song called No Games. It has like 100 million streams. Really? I promise you, if you heard the song right now, you would know the song. Okay. Damn. And then, yeah, that festival was game-changing too. For sure. And then, That's great exposure for you. Without a doubt. So it's always building, capturing the content, using it, leveraging it for more opportunity. Amen, man. EDC Repeat. <laughs> Repeat. X- Everybody 100. listening, please listen a little bit more. Cause this guy's spitting fucking knowledge. You know, it's true, man. I mean, and then of course the club circuit, the mid again, RIP. Played at prison plenty of times. You're playing uh, with Jonas Blue. Yeah, Black Wednesday. That's dope. Gianni Blue, Jonas Blue. Yeah, that's sick. You know, that's awesome. It's man. gonna be dope. Yeah, that's gonna be great for you. That's. I mean, that's dope. a great show too. That's a huge night in Chicago. Oh yeah, no, it's like it was what I never understood why people want to wake up so hungover on Thanksgiving, but that <laughs> night is like the party capital night. All it's these years than New the Year's. City. I swear it is. It Black is. Wednesday is like the biggest holiday. People are like, we're going hard tonight. I don't really get it I'm either. Like you're gonna wake up at three p.m. You gotta be at Thanksgiving at four p.m. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, one eye is lower than you the can't other. Even eat. 
you shaking and sh- you yeah, know your mom's like so good to see you like, what's hey. wrong with you it's yeah. like you know yeah yeah i don't i don't really get it it's a midwest thing really. it's a midwest thing it's no, a no. hardcore midwest it's a hardcore midwest thing yeah we go fucking on black wednesday blackout yeah, you wake up on thursday you gotta drive to the suburb you only, know? only midwest people want to blackout no well, I'm not gonna lie to you, that's kind of factual. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's kind of like, factual. Like, everybody else is like, if we black out, we black out. But, well, like, Midwest is like, we going hard. Yo, pregame, two and a half hours long. Where are we going after that? Damn. Make it to the club, 20 minutes, calling the Uber back home already. Uber Eats on the way. <laughs> Uber Eats on Uber the way. Uber Eats doesn't even get answered because you're already asleep at the right. house when the guy's knocking on the door. Yeah. <laughs> like, the girls that call for pizza and they sleep through it. Exactly. That's a lot of sad pizza, man. A lot of pizza. Where all those pizzas go? The driver's take it home. <laughs> That's where it goes. Oh, my God. Well, out of all the shows, is it, do any of them stick out to you as a favorite? I mean, obviously, the most recent one was huge. I mean, EDC Orlando sticks out. Yeah. Spring Awakening this year sticks out. Yeah. Like, was that an electric? That was in the Toronto other glove. Electric yeah, Beach. right. That Haiti one sticks out. Yeah. Uh, going to Hong Kong sticks yeah. out. Yeah. That, that was, was early on. Yeah. That was early on. Playing what was the in, crowd like there? They wanted that the big room EDM type yeah. of house. Yeah. 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 Yo, you know, Asia to this date right now is still one of the biggest markets for dance music. It's true. One of the biggest markets. They pay the most. They love it the most. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, when you see some of these Euro DJs, like at Prism or at like venues like this, mm-hmm. you got to notice the crowd. And you got to, you know, I, I, I try and f- focus and study everything. Right. When you hear like a, let's say a, a bass jack that's come to town. Yeah. The crowd is full with Asians. Right. Right? Because so these true. people love the hard sound. They do. They love the hard sound. When you see a Sam Felt come, mm-hmm. let's say it's more like a... You know, white girl type yeah, of poppy yeah. vibe, which it's all good. Yeah, it's all good. But you gotta notice these certain, you gotta notice these certain elements. But Asia brings the most DJs to their country for the last ten years, and the, the market is still the biggest. It's the most fucking people there. That it's the most party. people there, and they love the hard sound. They love it. When I mean hard, I mean you know just high energy, yeah. bass house, electro yeah. house, hard style, drop, drop, trap, drop, 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 mash up, drop, drop. No musicality, just yeah. <laughs> they like to party. They like to party. They like to party. Yeah, you know, it, j- Japanese people fucking sleep on the street and then go to work the next day. Yeah, they, they like to that party. That doesn't make sense to me. They like they, to they party. go harder than the Midwest. They like to party. Oh, no, they go harder than everybody <laughs> that I've seen. They go harder than everybody. That's so true, man. But I want to go into a little more of the business as well. You've got incredible branding, an amazing social media presence. We manage a few artists as well. And one thing that you do so well that I try and emulate myself is really, really show your personality. Whatever it might be, in your music videos, in your stories, in your Instagram videos, your pictures. I feel like I know you without even meeting you in person for, you know, if I'm just somebody. Uh, I appreciate that. And right? I'll circle back with you on that point yeah. that we were talking with you and your manager about before we started recording. Right. Is that when I first started music, the first industry I was in was mm-hmm. hip-hop and the right. urban sound. Right. And the urban industry. And everything is so visual mm-hmm. that I try to bring that visual element to the way I do dance music. Yeah. So I said, I'm going to be in my music videos. I'm gonna be singing and rapping on my songs. Right. I'm gonna just be part of everything. Yeah. You know. I feel like with the one thing about social I'm gonna make fun of myself because I see so many people that they're to. so uptight yep. that they have this image. They say they can't, you know, make you laugh or yeah. whatever. It's like this is the entertainment business. Right. To a certain extent, we're making art. We're making people get emotional. Mm-hmm. But we're at the end of the day, we're entertaining. We're having people. fun. We're having fun. Yeah. If I can't make you cry and laugh, yeah. I'm not doing my job right. Yeah, you, sound you have like to be able to do both of those things. Right. Like when I have people have written me, I have this song called Alive. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of my most heartfelt songs. I had one or two girls write me like, oh my God, they felt depressed. Like this song really helped them feel better. That was some of the most touching emotion I've gotten from feedback from people musically. I love that. But also I've had some little funny little meme type videos where, you know, people are dying laughing saying <laughs> I'm a comedian. Yeah. So it's like you have to have both those worlds. Right. I think to truly be a... In the entertainment field, you know? I agree. I feel like in social media, there's what people follow the most or engage with the most is the 1%. And that 1% is either the people who are so real, you know, these comedians, these, you know, let's just say the modern day Viners. 100%. Or the Dan Bilzerians or the Instagram models because they're so interested in a life they don't know or they're so interested in a life that's relatable to them in a funny way. Exactly. It's those three things. It's the life that they can't have. Yeah. The life that they really want. Yep. The people they really want. Right. Or what they feel is normal. Yeah. And when comedians joke about their normality, that's why those comedians get so far. It's because they're just like us. Exactly. They just got the balls to stand up on stage and talk about their life in a personal way. Yeah. It's all about being relatable, right? It's true, man. It's true. It's I all mean, about being able to, like you said, 
the content makes you think that before you met me, you knew me. Right. And that's what it's all about. And that's how you connect with your biggest artist. Yeah. Because most people, let's say, have never met Diplo. Yeah. But you can tell by the content and by his personality mm-hmm. and seeing him so many times, he's a funny guy. He's yeah. a cool guy. He gets it. He gets it. He fucking gets it, man. I mean, how do you stay in touch with your fans, though? I mean, like, like for instance, with the EDC Orlando, you got the dollar bills. You've got a great following. You're verified on Instagram. I mean, you're a personality. It's one thing to do all those things. It's another thing to follow through with your fans. Oh, Answer you tweets, a, DMs. The, you can reach me no matter what yeah. if you hit me two or three times. <laughs> Unless I'm not trying to respond to you and you did something to me. You got a lot of random people hitting you up then? Oh, all the time. But I respond to everybody. People send me tracks all the time and I listen to all the tracks. I'll give you feedback. Really? I'll give you a good paragraph feedback. I'll just say it's not for me right now to collab. Right. I like the way you did the melody progression. Work on your mixing. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's impressive. I mean... Because I was that person five years ago and I'm still that person trying to reach out to... Right. You know, these other A-list type of people. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm, you know, we're You're, all on the same... We all do the same thing going down and going up. Yeah. It's just you get to a different point with it. It's right? true. Yeah, I mean, you're trying to build a global presence right now, though. That's without a doubt. Right? A global presence. How do you scale in a realistic way for you as an individual? I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into this type of stuff. It's not just you posting on social media. It's you making the music. It's you doing the business aspect. It's you working with your team that believes in you. It's you following up with your fans. How do you deal with all this pressure? Man, you know what? And I, It's the real it's, shit. It's, it's the real shit, but it's, it's building this from a marathon perspective and not a sprint, mm-hmm. right? Because if I was shown this at the, when I was 18 years old, mm-hmm. probably would have crashed already. Shit. Or probably wouldn't have been able to have keep going. Mm-hmm. But because every year a little more happens, you get a little more pressure. Yeah. The next year you get a little more pressure, a little yeah. more happening. That's the, the athlete year, in you though, right? It's the athlete in you, right? Right. Understanding you still train every day. Right. You still go to the gym every day. Right. But like, you get to a point where like, when you know this is your life and this dedication, mm-hmm. whatever roadblock comes, you gotta just say, all right, we're gonna switch the tire and keep going. Right. But we're gonna get you fresher rims and the car gonna go faster now. It's somebody's passing you a through ball you and know? you're gonna fucking beat that defender yeah. to it, right? Exactly, 100%. Do you feel like a little bit of being raised as an athlete or playing sports has given you the competitive edge against other people to work harder? It's given me the 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 competitive edge, I would say more so with the repetition. Okay. To continuously right. do it. Practice makes perfect. That's more so right. what I would say the athlete in me. Right, right, right. Is that, all right, you guys are not coming to the gym every day, I'm coming to the gym every day. Yeah. I might not be the hottest in the gym every day. Yeah. But me coming to the gym every day mm-hmm. in two, three, four, five, six weeks is going to bring a pop product Yeah. that now is going to be better. And then I'm going to repeat that. I'm gonna I, repeat that. I strongly repeat believe that. in that, right? Like, I have the mentality that somebody else is going to do it if I don't. 100%. And everybody's doing everything now with the internet. Whatever it is. Somebody else is going to do it. If you're a vlogger, if you're yeah. a podcaster, mm-hmm. if you're a comedian, mm-hmm. everybody's every, doing everything. If you're a doctor... Whatever it is, everybody's doing everything now more than they've ever done. Yeah, because there's more fucking people. There's more knowledge. It's easier <laughs> easier to get the knowledge. It's yeah. easier to get the materials. That's true. It's easier to get the financing. Everything is just easier now. Yeah. So it's all about standing out the most. That's true. Now, to go a little granular into that, in such a digital age where everybody has a social media profile and it becoming so saturated also as a DJ and producer, and you've done a great job with your, with your brand and everything again and your music. And I'm still it, trying to figure out how to do it more. I was going to say, like, what are more... you even doing like now, even more so that you've gotten to this level? Is, do you feel there's an expectation of you? Like, I mean, The only expectation I would say is good content because I've, yeah. I've, pr- I've pr- prided myself with high quality content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I, I spend my money to make sure my content looks like it's the content from the... Top 20 DJs in the world. It looks like it. You know what I mean? It really I've does, man. I've prided myself with that. I mean, I've spent my money on that. What people have to understand, too, and I think a lot of DJs, especially, I'm not going to say Chicago, but people who are not getting to where they want is like, I invest a large percentage of all the money I make right back into myself. You have to. I invest a large percent, over 50, 60%, all right back into the Gianni yeah. Blue business. Content, yeah. bigger singers, right. better engineers, right. bigger whatever it is. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything. It's true. You have to involve have other to. people in these lanes. You have to. Like those, uh, those uh, shuffle dancers. First off, I just remember this before you came over. You had Jen Selter. Ooh, Best remember ass that. in the world. Yo, that I'm was sorry. a big look. My girlfriend. All the guys were like, Ooh, how'd you do that? Every guy was like, you got the girl with the butt on there. Dude. The video got a million views in like an hour. I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> That's good. That gave me... I'm because I've been on your like your email list for that long, and I remember getting that, and I was like, "Yo, 
this is like. I sent it to you? I, no, you've seen that probably. I, well, I got an email from like your email distribution or whatever. Okay, so I was, okay. I've been on your like mailing list or whatever. Okay, it's probably because you downloaded a song from me on SoundCloud back in the day. Uh, and we, ca- we got all those emails. There we go. Here you go with the Always thinking. Always thinking. thinking. You got to collect thinking. the emails. If I'm not going to get you on the Instagram, I'm going to get you on the email. <laughs> if I get you on the Instagram, I'm going to get you on the show. Yeah. If not, you might see one of my stickers in Chicago. I don't know if you remember that. That's true. You remember what I'm talking about? Did you? I used to, I had this, snap, I've seen your I had this Snapchat sticker like three years ago. I had this idea. We, we printed like 10,000 Snapchat stickers. Yeah. I had three, four friends. We spent like five days every night. We go out for five, six hours. We put uh-huh. stickers everywhere throughout the city. Yeah. Everywhere. I had like, I one time I was getting like eight, 9,000 Snapchat views, mm-hmm. but that's when Snapchat was hot. So I tried to transfer them people to Instagram ah, and that's Spotify true. and Facebook and it worked a little bit. You got enough out of there. I got enough out of there. Yeah. I mean, and I got the memory that like, okay. Well, that worked. How can it you take worked. that model and also apply it to different forms of social media? That's all it is. That's grassroots, baby. That's, that's what it is. You gotta get in front of the people. I always talk about how with all this oversaturation and so many things being advertised to you and nobody really trusting the internet anymore, people basically only trust word of mouth. You know? 100%. So what you have to do is get it in front of the people and get them to talk about it and get them to share it. 100%. You know what I mean? And doing stuff like that, you gotta fucking go to the streets. You gotta go to the streets. That's Street where it goes back to the seventies, eighties, and nineties of yeah. music distribution. Yeah, I know. You gotta put up a thousand posters. Look, I used to hang up posters. Fucking worked. Hell yeah, man! I'll, I'll still go put up a thousand stickers <laughs> right now if the Instagram scan code was more friendly. But nobody yeah. knows even how to go scan that. That's you know? true. You know what I mean? Jesus, I would, man. I would still do it, man, because this is what we're the most passionate about. We're gonna. Figure out how to get it. It's true, man. I mean, I want to get your perspective as well, just from someone who's rose up in the game. I mean, you've had write-ups from some of the best blogs and some of the and plays on some of the biggest playlists. I mean, Diplo and Friends, that's not a small deal. Groove on Apple Music, my personally favorite playlist on Apple Music. Not to mention again, New Friday Crate Diggers, like Oh, all the time that one. Your music's in front of people, man. What does that feel like for you to get that feedback that not only is it good, but it's blowing up. People like it. It's not just like you send it to Diplo and he's like, yeah, it's good. I like it. I'm going to put it on my radio show. No, he played it a couple times too. That's been one of my most proud moments. That Work It song is my most DJ played song. Isn't it like, crazy how he's really transitioned over to this house music phase? Yeah, but that's... He's that's with what, the times. He's with the times. He's with the times. He's with the times. He was 2013, 2014 making, you know, I can't remember the song right now. Like, da-da. It's, um, it's, you know when he had to make that... Electro house type of. You talking about like when he was real mad decent? Like exactly. When, yeah, you, know, yeah, yeah. You, you go with the times though, yeah, and that's true. why people like Diplo and Steve Aoki yeah. have stayed at the forefront of this mm-hmm. because they know when the genres change mm-hmm. to just throw everything into that now. Yep. To stay the most relevant. It's so it's true. The business. A little less so too. People have 10, 12, 14 people on their team yeah. telling them how to do this, bringing in the newest songs, right. strategizing how they're gonna approach the market. Right. This is what people don't understand. Everybody wants to be a DJ. You're building a business. Yeah. You're building a business. A global brand again. Exactly. So always keep that in mind. Why do these big guys get bigger? Why does Cieso continue to grow? Because he stays with the times. Look at Alesso, Diplo, Steve Aoki. Every aspect of it, content-wise, music-wise, social media-wise, the way they DJ-wise. Yo, when 2012 was around, I used to hate it. Every DJ would run the song two, three minutes long. Yeah. And like I have ADD when I DJ, and that's all, and, and my, <laughs> but, but the people have told me this is why they love the way I DJ uh-huh. is because I can't play a song more than a minute. Right, in and out, in and out. In sixty minutes, I'll probably play between fifty-five and sixty songs. God damn! Every time, every time, every time, the least I play is fifty in the sixty minutes. Really? Yeah, and they'll probably be my songs that I let both drops play. <laughs> For real, 100%. I think you got to. 100%. Hey, your DJ style definitely is fast-paced, high-intensity. Fast-paced, and that's the way I'm dancing, I'm jumping. I'm, you ever prepare? I'm on the mic. Yo, and I'll tell you this one thing, too. Yeah. And this is one of the things I feel the most proud about when I DJ is that every set, I'm not going to say is a 1,000% freestyle, mm-hmm. but it's majority 75% freestyle. You come in maybe with Except a Except a Spring Awakening or EDC Orlando. Yeah. I have two or three playlists where I kind of just threw two or three sets of tracks in there. Right, right, right. But... Yo, any club set is a thousand percent freestyle. I love that. And people love it because I'm with the people. I'm like on that street level. I'm mm-hmm. looking at it. I give them one song, I'm looking at the reaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm giving them another song. Uh-huh. All right, now I'm going this way with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm going back this way. Right. Every set is freestyle then. It keeps. Every set. It keeps. It interesting so for you too. So every night is 
super unique. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's what keeps me loving it. You have to. And I had seen this interview with Laidback Luke where he said even the biggest stages in the festivals, he's freestyling everything. Yeah, I'm Because when you're a real DJ and you're with the people, mm-hmm. you can do that. That's it's true. not some of this cookie cutter like, I'm playing the same set, the 70 shows I'm playing around the world. Yeah. That's cool if you're doing that with the super light setup and the certain CO2 and, you know, the production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you at that aspect of mm-hmm. it. But, like, all that club stuff is like, yo, it's in that moment. It's what you're feeling right there. Isn't you know, it special the when you feel like you kind of deliver it with the crowd? Exactly. There's nothing That's like what it's it. all about. There's nothing like That's it. That's what it's all That's about. That's why we do it. That's why we do it. That's why we fucking do it. That's why we still want to do it. That's why people go. That's why we still want to do it. Would you want to do it if you're playing the same set every night? No, and I think that's probably the biggest fucking game. You're a a machine then. You are. You know? A lot of these top 40 DJs, man, it's tough. And a lot of these top 40 DJs are DJs only. Without a doubt. And it's really tough. And I love doing open format, though. Don't get me wrong. For sure. I do, too. Yo, I was just in Miami. I was playing reggaeton all night. You're not playing a festival set. Um, Yo, but that's because I have a... I, I pride myself on being a music connoisseur. Mm-hmm. Like, I know all the Latin songs that are hot, and I know all the songs that are about to be hot. Yeah. I got playlists for that. I know all the house records that are hot, all the ones that are about to be hot. I got all the rap records, I got all them. Because <laughs> I listen to everything. Yeah. I'm a sponge with the music. Right. So I can go to Miami, play three shows, and 90% of each of those sets is reggaeton. And I got the people, girls, shaking their ass and everything. <laughs> you know? For real. I love that, man. You're, you mean, you love DJing, right? I love DJing, man. Yeah. And I used to love producing more. Now it's almost like I love DJing a little ah, more. Shit. Because when you're in the studio, it's one certain thing, right? Mm-hmm. You're creating the art, and the art creation is a beautiful thing. Right. But you have to get nitpicky with it, and you listen to the same song two, three, four hundred times. But when you're I in know, the club, get... every night is a different vibe. Every set, every, you know? And when you start growing with it and traveling, it's like everything's a different experience. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing I love more than music, traveling, and food. So when you get to play the music, you, bigger, you get to travel, <laughs> and you get to pick the food. Those are my, my favorite things, man. Now, do you think since you've gotten to this level where you're getting great shows, when you're in the studio, are you picturing tracks that will work well for 100%. a festival? Yeah. Yeah, I'm right. starting to think about it more so. Right. And I have been putting out more Deep House and Future House, but now I'm looking at like more Future House, Electro right. House. Right. But also, like I, like I said, I, always, I have like 10 pop records ready to go yeah that i know they're gonna impact like my pop records having that let's say around a million plays if they put out the right way right but i'm focusing more on that underground house sound like mm-hmm. work it yeah which is very unique but very underground type african element voice yeah, yeah whatever yeah. because right. i want to put those records out mm-hmm. so more of those shows will happen you get what i'm saying of course you know it's kind of crazy once you like when you're in the studio before you start playing shows you're just making whatever feels good and then honestly you have to have that we can say it again and again, the business mindset of, will this work for this? Will this work for that? Do I want to market this song as a festival track? Do I release it before the summer comes when it's festival season? Ooh, March is when you release the festival anthem. Exactly. People don't know that. Right? March, And those April. tracks are done By a year May, in advance. If you don't got it out, I don't know. I don't it's know. It's for, <laughs> for next year. It's for next year. You got to know. And you got to start touring in fucking South America because it's summer there. Exactly. Yeah. All that stuff plays a part in everything, man. That's All so that true. stuff plays a part. That's so true. Now, I want to get a little deeper. Being a creative, let alone a DJ producer, something where everybody can have an opinion of what you do, whether they know what you're doing or not, can have its ups and downs. Of course. Right? What's been a professional or personal obstacle you've had to overcome and how'd you do it? Hmm. You got a great support system with your family, obviously, right? They've been there for you. For sure. But at yeah. first, you know, you got to show them that, A, this is what you want to do. Right. And B, you know how to make it a business, mm-hmm. which I keep always reiterating because, you know, when you come from a different background like I came from, you know, yeah. you know an immigrant background. Yeah. You got to show them how you're going to make it a business yeah. to make money. <laughs> Did you have to do you a PowerPoint presentation? Man, I used to Pretty much. I, when I was at Columbia, I was making PowerPoint presentations. <laughs> I would always raise my hand first Hell to yeah, make a did. statement in the class. You I were would. a great student. I, I would. I was yeah. a great student, man. Yeah. Especially when I started studying what I was passionate about. Mm-hmm. I loved coming to class. Yeah. I loved coming to class. I love that. But you know, I mean, you know, I'll tell you the obstacle. Yeah. Right from the jump, around 15, 16, when I started putting hip hop records out, mm-hmm. it was my biggest obstacles because I was putting the stuff out straight out. And you know how young kids are making fun of you, joking with you. This is crap. This of course. is shit. Of course. You know what I mean? And if I had let that stop me, I would never be doing that now. People would make fun of me, but I would eat that shit up. Right. I would eat it up. I'm like, cool. You know what? You don't like this one? You're going to like the next one. Or if not, yeah. 30 tracks down, you're going to like it. And then the kids who were making fun of me yeah. in high school, I'll tell the story to, to, for the kids who get bullied, I'm going to give you some real gems. Yeah. For the kids who get bullied, the kids who would make fun of me in high school ended up not working at McDonald's, which that's nothing wrong to do, but who dropped out of high school, dropped out of yep. college yep. because they didn't have a passion or love for anything they wanted to work on. Mm-hmm. 
they're the ones asking me for guest lists now and yep. oh you so hot now let me help you do this blah 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 they're the ones who are talking about you, know you saying I, mean? I knew this so guy so never let nobody bring you down because yeah. the only person who's going to bring you down is yourself only you're going to stop what you can do I love that you know what I mean and if you let this fucking phone impact your mind state too much yeah. this is a bad this is supposed to make you money yeah. this is supposed to make you grow yeah. this is not supposed to make you depressed yeah. when it's making you depressed Put it to the side. <laughs> I'm telling you. It's as simple as that. It's as simple believe as that. Believe in yourself so much that failure is not even in your mind you anymore. You gotta just right? believe that you're the best. And you gotta work like you're the best. Yeah. Because you could believe it and not work. It doesn't do nothing then. It's true. So true, man. I love that. Now, something I love asking people, especially people of your stature who grew up in the past decade with so many different music genres changing. Like I said, the rise of Big Room, like you said, progressive trap. Flosherdamus's time, and then it was the rhythm, and then it was whatever the hell was going on after that. I don't even know what that genre was. Now it's house. Oh yeah. What do you think the next decade holds, though? I think the next two to three years are going to be house oriented. Yeah. Kind of underground house, mm-hmm. clubby, warehousey stuff. Warehousey, yeah. like you know, shake your ass, lights flashing <laughs> type of house. I like that. From there, I don't think nobody knows. Yeah. I think it's gonna go back pop. Like mm-hmm. they did in 2015 with Chainsmokers. Yeah. This whole, everything is cyclical. True. Look, there hasn't been too much dance pop recently. No. The last year or two years. Mm-hmm. Let's have the house underground. Yep. Excuse me, and it's going to go back to pop, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. You, you do see these big acts, the Chainsmokers, Illinium, uh, all those types of guys, right? They blow up, but then those kids grow up, and they want a little something more. Of course. Right? They course. want a little something more. I always use my brother as an example. He, I went to DJ one of his college frat parties like three years ago or something. I came ready to go thinking, okay, what's the top 40? What's the hottest song on iTunes or whatever? I go in and I put a request list over there. Mala, Chami, Confessions, what Deep House. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Let's go. Dude, I, got, I got music for this. But they want a little more. Of course. Right? And now these days too with how speaker systems are and festivals and club setups. Dude, people want that fucking bass. And where oh, you no, get it no. the most. You need the bass. You need, you need the, the bass. bass. Sometimes you don't even hear the high end, but you need the bass. <laughs> you don't even hear the That's high end. So Yo, true. I played some shows, man. I can't even barely hear the words. <laughs> All you hear is as long as you got there, the beat, though. There's <laughs> as long as you got the beat. Shit. There's, there's a fine line, man. There's a fine line. I agree with that. I think I think a live aspect is going to come to play a lot more. Whether it be with live singers, whether it be with live instruments, Gorgon City is a big inspiration for me. Oh, yeah. I think they do a great job of live house music. Let's just call it. I saw them play. They do this, you know, live tour. Odessa is a good example as well. They're really, really popular because they do bridge the gap of pop, also indie, alternative house. Well, that's what made that's what made the Chainsmokers take it to the next level. That's true. Because they had the hits. Right. But then they said, "All right, hold up, we're a band now." Yeah. They put the guy to pretend to play the piano and. <laughs> Hit the drums, which I not, bet now he's doing it for real. Right. And they got the guy with the drums, with the with the fire. The fire. I mean, it's a, it's a production he's now. rock star, you modern rock, rock band stars. You a rock band now, though. Yeah. You know I mean? When you're at the United States, you a rock band. You need to have the image. Because yeah. no DJs are playing at that level. This is an Kygo, he's playing the real, actual right. concert, you know, piano, symphonic piano on the yeah. shows with the solos. Right. Bringing out the singers. No, for sure. I think it is a good thing, though, because guys like that are paving the way for DJs, too. It kind of gives, I mean, like you said, your parents probably were like, and my parents were like, is there money in this industry? Of course, because you're... These days, yes. I mean, I would say the most earning, the, the biggest music genres in the world are hip-hop. Yeah. Pop dance music. Yeah. It's true. Because look at this, and it's unfortunate because there was so much art in it, but like, if you're a rock band nowadays, yeah. and you got six people, yeah. and you're taking a $200 gig, it's rough. <laughs> it's rough, but that's it's how rough. it is, right? And then, for you to even get that one gig, it's yeah. at a venue, which is hard tickets, whereas our genre is more so soft ticket based, so yeah. you can play four or five shows in a week, right? and then your brain gets hot, and now you're going to different cities, and yeah. you don't need a whole production, you can right. even travel by yourself yeah. with one person. Yeah, your headphones and a USB and a laptop. It's true. There's a lot less barrier to entry. You got the, some of the biggest guys that are coming up in the world started on a laptop. That's and it. Still are on a laptop. Or still are on a laptop. That's their tool. They're box. going to that big studio, million dollar studio. <laughs> put, put, the the, la- put the laptop on the mixer. <laughs> That's so true. You got a mouse pad? <laughs> put the mouse pad over here. Sounds like you've been in this situation. Oh, yeah. I've seen it. I put my laptop on there, too. <laughs> My shit sound hot, though. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, when man. When they come out those speakers, that's yeah, all that matters. Right. Oh, my God. That's awesome, man. Well, what's next for you in 2020, then? Come man. on, do a new year. 
2020, we're planning a lot more out of yeah. state shows. Okay. Midwest, East Coast, West Coast. Yeah. Already got some in the works. Yeah. And then more festivals. Of course. And then more high energy music. Leave you that. I'm going to okay. start at the top of the year. I'm not going to say how the song's going to come out. Uh-huh. But just wait for this song called Baby Just Dance. Oh, shit. That's good. Big energy. But it's in the club and the festival, same time. Oh, God. You're being smart with the release. It's going to get some tension. And if you've been seeing, too, I've been dropping a lot of remixes to my own songs. Yeah, you have. To create the hype and continuous growth. Fucking cascade over here. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? This might get even more streams than the original. Because I just start keep thinking. Whatever your name is. Because you got to keep feeding the people. That's true. You know what I mean? You can feed them 10 songs. If they stream everyone a certain amount, it's like you had one hit. You just got to keep feeding them. Got to keep feeding them. Every day, every, I look at it right now, I'm trying to feed them once a month. As long as I feed you once a month, my name's relevant, you're looking for the new stuff, mm-hmm. and eventually I want to move faster. But when you get bigger, you can move faster. Because yeah. now you have the infrastructure. Right. Like, let's say I see these guys, Steve Aoki and Rehab, mm-hmm. they're putting one song out a week. Yeah. But you have that infrastructure where, you know. They can. They can. Yeah. The, budgets, the budgets that they can. Everybody's got to eat the blue family. You know? Right? 100%. I love that, man. Well, I want to acknowledge you one more time for all your success. I got a lot of respect for you. You make this shit tangible from a local Chicago DJ to a big Chicago DJ. It's incredible, man. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. Millions that. of plays, great music. If you guys haven't heard his music, go check him out at Gianni Blue, right? And every all... platform at Gianni Blue, G I A N N I B L U. This businessman couldn't make it easier for you. I couldn't people. make it easier. You man. couldn't I make it, it easier three. for you, man. As soon as I see a new app, even if I'm never going to use it, I'm going to go make my username <laughs> instantly. Have a spreadsheet where I know I'm on these apps that they even ancient now. You got that shit trademarked. I just made sure. Yeah. And I got my name trademarked, of course. Of course. You do. Of course. You're gonna get your whole. You're gonna get like a wax figure of yourself <laughs> trademark. You're gonna be at Madame Tussauds, bro. Man, you gotta just, bro. You gotta think like that, bro. Because everything's about the consumer finding you the easiest way. Yeah, it's all it's about. That's so true. It's all, all about it's convenience, about. man. That's the modern day. Well, again, man, this has been fucking awesome. Yo, thank you for having me. Bro. Absolutely. Shout Cheers out my to boy Sherm. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Go we're gonna, we're gonna do this again next year. Absolutely, man.